It's the Lockdown Flyers podcast for Monday, November 13th, your daily dose of Flyers news analysis and high quality content that saw the Flyers make some changes that led to wins over the weekend. But were they the right decisions to make in the long run? Hmm. Some good questions we'll get into on today's show. Your Locked On Flyers, your daily podcast on the Philadelphia Flyers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey there, and thanks for making Locked On Flyers your first listen every day. I am Rachel Donner. You can find me on the app formerly known as Twitter at rmiriam. I'm here as always with Russ Cohen, who's on all your favorite social media apps at Sportsology. We are at Locked On Flyers on Instagram, Threads, Blue Sky, and Twitter as well. Today's episode is brought to you by Sleeper. Download the Sleeper app and use the promo code LOCKEDONNHL to get up to $100 match on your first deposit. Terms and conditions apply. See Sleeper's terms of use for details. You can find us on YouTube. We're over on the SiriusXM app. Anywhere you listen to podcasts, subscribe to get our latest episode as soon as it's available here on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Russ, we had a a great weekend in Southern California for the Flyers winning both games against the Anaheim Ducks and LA Kings, which was a really nice rebound coming off that loss to the Sharks. Yeah, definitely a positive. Two good teams. I mean, I don't know if the Ducks will stay good. The Kings, the Kings will. And so, yeah, I mean, they're definitely confidence building, but who's getting the confidence? That's what I want to know. Yeah, it, I think, like, obviously the big kerfuffle uh, to start off was the goaltending situation. Yeah, Carter Hart was in theory supposed to be back in the lineup, but he was sick. There's something going around hockey teams. We saw it with the Phantoms. Yeah. Um, And I guess just going around in general in terms of uh, people getting sick. Uh, So, you know, initially he was going to play Friday, but then maybe just Saturday. And then Saturday he didn't last minute, even though he was announced to start. So we got surprise Cal Peterson in the net uh, versus the Kings again, which we had talked about was like it was a probably you could decide either way whether he should right. be a guy to play against the Kings again. Um, turned out really good for him though, and I'm glad he got that win in LA. Yeah, he had a nice redemption. Uh, I don't know if Kings fans are feeling good about it. I questioned that with a Kings reporter because it's like, yeah, you might feel good about <laughs> Cal Peterson and Walker coming in and getting a win, but the fans might not. But yeah, that's good right. For them. The other big lineup discussions that were happening, uh, we were happy to see Morgan Frost in, uh, Mm -hmm. but they made some interesting lineup changes in the second game versus Los Angeles where uh, Bobby Brink and Igor Zamula came out of the lineup and Ryan Paling and Victor Mete came into the lineup for the Flyers. And I think that John Tortorella's you know, decision there, it's not a bad one per se. I think, you know, taking breakout and Zabula out in a back-to-back, if he wants them to watch a game, you know, in a vacuum, I don't think it's a bad idea necessarily. However, when we've been talking about Tyson Forster and maybe having him come out for a game and sit, you know, for the same exact reason, he has been unwilling to do that. 
And I, I've just found it interesting that he was willing to take Bobby Brink and Zamula out and not Tyson Forrester when they have different issues, but they, they have issues. And so, like, what's the difference here? The difference is, is that if Tyson Forrester's not scoring, he's big so he could forecheck. My problem is, do you want to turn him into a forechecker? Or at some point, do you want him to score? And if you play him a couple more games and he doesn't score, then sit him out. Then bring him back in. And if he doesn't score, then you have to send him to Lehigh because he's a scorer. You don't want him going 20 games without scoring. He's at 14 now. He's only got three points. I mean, he needs that confidence for that. It's nice to to have him hanging at the NHL level, but he's not hanging. He's just surviving. I obviously don't want this to become a pattern like we've seen in the past where Tortorella yanks prospects out of the game maybe a, a little bit too quickly, right? Because they don't have a chance to get any rhythm. Very clearly, Brink and Zamula have had a chance to get rhythms. And right. I think, you know, they've both played generally well, but have made some mistakes. And again, in a back-to-back situation, I don't really have a problem with it if you want to get some more fresh legs in there, especially as long as against the back-to-back. I fear it's not. We'll see. But like it was in the back-to-back and it was against yeah. a much tougher team mm-hmm. in L.A., that, uh, you know, having Paling in there was probably a good idea. Um, and obviously, Victor Mete and Louis Belpedio have been D partners like for the Phantoms too this season. So mm-hmm. we do know that they work well together. So, you know, on its face, it's not a bad idea. But if you zoom out like the 30,000 foot picture, and we're talking about prospect development here. You know, you just have to ask the question, is this the right thing to do big picture wise? And so I could go either way here because it does make sense in the short term, this decision. But is it the right thing to do long term? If they did this for one game for a back to back just to get Mete in, fine. If the is back in there and Mete hits the bench, fine. Um, you know, Belpedio scored a couple goals. I know some people are getting carried away like, hey, he deserves to be there. He's solid. He's done this before, folks. Now, if they feel like they're developing Belpedio, then put your money where your mouth is and give them a contract. I don't think that's what they're doing here. So I think it's just, again, John just saying, I want a certain lineup in there because I want to win. He wants to win more than he wants to develop. Like, we, right. we know this. Now, that doesn't mean guys aren't developing, but it does mean that there's going to be a point in this season where doing this – isn't going to be a big, isn't going to be good right now. It's not as big a deal. Right. I I agree with that. I I think so. I think as long as it doesn't become a pattern, I think we're good. So, uh, and I'm very happy that they won these two games. And Oh, sure. I mean, yeah. Yeah. One of the ways that they won these two games uh, was very obvious with the net front scoring, right? They made. Oh, I I thought you were going to talk about the power play being great. (laughs) we'll get into that later in the show but yeah this net front scoring strategy of you know getting down to basics take as many shots as you can shoot right away and get somebody up front absolutely worked uh was actually quite lovely to see a very happy uh especially you know getting morgan frost on the board this way I, i think you know Cam Atkinson was in the right spot once. Sean Couturier is in the right spot. Like everybody who Mm -hmm. needs to be net front. And the Flyers have not really had a net front presence, like a consistent net front presence that's successful since Wayne Simmons, I would say. 
And so for them to sort of have a team-based approach to this role worked in these two games. It did, but I don't like some of the quotes that I'm catching from John Tortorello because now, and I'm hearing it from some fans where they're like, hey, um, it's good to see Morgan Frost scoring. Yeah, occasionally he's going to score, but John is kind of leaning on him now to score because there's not a lot of scoring on this team. Like it's like it's like asking Claude Giroux to score, and I'm not comparing the two, but I'm saying when you're a natural playmaker, Claude Giroux had trouble scoring until he went to a shooting coach and then was able to score a bit more. But right now, at this young age, you got to play to Morgan Frost's strengths. But he's going to try and please the coach. So if the coach says, "Hey, I want you to go and deep pass guys and get to the net and score," he's going to try that. But you're taking him out of his game, and I think long term you're not doing him a favor with that and it does make me wonder like when they signed him did they sign him to be a playmaker or did they sign him to be a scorer i have a feeling that management would rather see him play to his strengths rather than you know putting pressure on him to score it's great to see it because i know he'll stay in the lineup that way but i don't think that's the that's the right move for him but when john's talking about a role clearly that's the role yeah, I think, you know, it, it's an interesting discussion to have because, you know, we're looking at the lineup changes. We're looking at the the player strategy. We're looking at individual prospect development. And these two games are kind of a microcosm of the decisions that have to be made on a day-to-day basis, looking at trying to win versus accomplishing your long-term goals. And I think it's just these two games were a perfect indicator of that um, on mm-hmm. all three fronts. Morgan Frost, a prime example of that with that discussion there. And I think, you know, there's arguments to be made either way. I'm, I'm not saying that one decision is the right one over the other, but there are choices that have to be made. And this is what John Tortorella is choosing to do right now. And I just find it absolutely fascinating. Uh, there's more to this discussion in terms of, you know, playing the right way versus playing to win and some other individual players that I want to get into as part of it. And we will do that coming up next. Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, and exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply, eBay guaranteed fit, only available to U.S. customers. If you have questions about the Flyers, we will be having another mailbag segment this Wednesday, so get those questions in. You can email us at LockedOnFlyers at Gmail or comment over on our YouTube channel for that. Uh, Getting right back into our conversation about the strategies with the Flyers here using the Ducks and Kings game, you know, in addition to the prospect development side of things, there's the whole playing the right way issue. Mm -hmm. And that's something that John Tortorella has talked about ad nauseum uh, last season. He's done it this season. 
And if you look at kind of the, the stretch of games prior to uh, the California road trip, there were a bunch of games in the that group of, of games over a couple of weeks where they absolutely played the right way. You look at the underlying numbers, all the stats were in their favor from expected goals to high danger chances, and they just didn't win. The outcome didn't match that, but that happens sometimes, right? But they were slowly developing this pattern of playing the right way and saying, you know, our chances will come, our chances will come. Fast forward to this California road trip where all of those numbers were upended, right? So they were behind the Ducks and the Kings in all of those data points. And high dangers, you're looking at expected goals, you're looking at all of those underlying numbers that you look to see whether you have a solid foundation going, not there. But they won the games with this strategy of the net front presence and getting their shots off. It's it's an interesting question to take a look at because is your goal to play the right way and establish this pattern of play that in the long term leads to success, but in the short term hadn't yet, or do you just want to win? First thing is it's it's a, it's a small window, so we have to expand it a little bit more right. to a few more games. You know, the second part is, yeah, it's good to play the right way, but you know this coach does want to win, so. I think he is willing to abandon that to some degree. I think it's good to look at the underlying numbers to kind of just see where your team is at, but you can't be married to it. Just like it's good to say, hey, everybody go net front. We're going to win like this all the time. But we've been around this league long enough to know that most teams can't do it regularly. So, right. and I'm not saying the medium, the middle is, is the place. I'm just saying, I, I think it's going to evolve a bit, but most likely it's going to go back to what the underlying numbers are more than they're going to be at net front. They might go through this hot streak and it all works, um, but I don't know if it's sustainable. Right. And that's where I find it so interesting is like, do they find a happy medium here? Do they go back to playing quote unquote the right way? Like, I, I think it's just so interesting to watch this team and what they're doing and what strategies they're using like this. And, you know, certainly both those games in Southern California were a ton of fun. Love seeing the Flyers score all those goals. Love, again, love seeing Morgan Frost get on the board. And then I also want to talk about Owen Tippett because I think that obviously he's somebody we've been talking about for a while now in terms of needing to get more consistent with scoring goals. Mm -hmm. um, Russ, you are on the nose with this in terms of saying he needs to think about his shots less and they will go in. Lo and behold, we have two games in a row where he had little to no time to think about a shot and they went in. Yeah, I mean, it's it's instinctual. It is. Um, still doesn't mean he shouldn't work on the other part of it, though, where if he's going to be on a power play and it's going to be set up, he's not always going to have a chance to be instinctual. Most of the chance, most of the times being instinctual is going to happen five on five. But right. it will increase his five on five scoring, and that's good. So, you know, the fact is he's scoring now, so that's good either way. But I, that's why I dig into it a little more because I feel like to get to last year's scoring with less time on the ice, there has to be some other improvement here. Yeah, I think so. Um, but I, again, it, it was just remarkable to see, yeah. you know, that one great uh, Deke move versus the Ducks to make it five to two. Yeah. Uh, again, he and focused his confidence so much is going now. It is. 
Yeah, he focused so much on the move that he didn't have time to think about the shot. And of course, it went right in. Um, the empty netter was a smart play as well. Um, his goal versus the Kings, uh, different style goal, but similar to that um, regular goal he scored yep. versus the Ducks in terms of having little to no time to think about the shot. And it, and it goes in. Um, one of the other things that we had talked about on previous shows was ice time management. And we thought that that was going to be something to keep an eye on, especially in this back to back. And I think they did to some degree, again, with taking some guys out of the lineup and putting other guys in, getting some fresh legs. I do think that, you know, they balanced the time on the blue line a little better, except for when it came to Sandheim. I think still think he had too many minutes. Um, but as far as everybody else, I think it was better to some degree. And yeah, then- I, do, I do too. You know what it is? I mean, again, right now, Travis Sandheim's doing really well. They want him to be Ivan mm-hmm. Provorov because he's playing the exact same role with the high minutes. I don't know if that's sustainable. He's never done it. So you got to be careful with it. So we'll see. We'll know by midseason that, you know, if there starts to be, you know, a little bit of fall in his game, you're going to know why. Right. Uh, but super happy for him with that goal versus the Ducks. Uh, yeah. Net front again. Really great move. Um you know, sometimes you just love to see a defenseman be able to. Oh do yeah, that yeah, yeah. It gives them gives them confidence. It's it, it's really you know everybody wants to score to some degree if they can. Yeah, and I was really happy to see Sean Couturier's ice time be spot on where it should. I think been. now they have no choice. I mean, after watching him go out for a couple of games, you would have to be really not given a you know what if you were going to go the same way. They they can't. They couldn't have done that. No, and he was successful. I think he played really yeah. well and he scored. And so you can use him in a slightly more limited way and and use it to your advantage. So I think that yeah. was that was really good. Um, I said we would talk about the power play later in the show. And I feel like this is the monster at the end of this book with Grover. But um, I reference that book a lot because it's a good one. But I think that, man, glad to see the penalty kill get back to where it was, uh, you know, it was a little struggly against the ducks, but mm-hmm. you know, their power play is just so good. It um, is. But, but the penalty kill was three for three against LA, which was real good. Um, they, mm-hmm. they allowed some shots on goal, but, um, but managed to keep them slightly less um, quality. So, so that's good, but man, power play was over seven in those two games. All I'm going to say is, when you have a coach that's in charge of that and you're not seeing any improvement from one year to the next, how long do you wait to switch it up, Rachel? I mean, I get it. It's a rebuilding year, but in a rebuilding year, you want the power play to rebuild the right way too. You have new players on it and it's just as bad as it's ever been. I don't know. I mean, there's got to be a lot of film work just for the coach to be able to do this. He may not get the practice time that he wants with the players, but they had practice time on this trip. They did, whether they used it the right way. I don't know. I wasn't at practice. So, but the point is you're getting no results, none. And no matter what you have young developing players there who would like to score on the power play and get results. And they get just as frustrated as veterans and nobody wants to talk about it. And something has to be done about it and nothing's being done about it. I mean, 
Yes, maybe they're having different looks and things like that, like Cam Atkinson was talking about a few days ago, but the results are nothing. That's what I'm saying. It's definitely something. Something's got to give here. We've been talking about it for a while, but uh, they did win those games without needing yep. the power play goals. So there's also something to be said for that. Um, I think just to wrap up those couple of games uh, with a, a couple other little notes, um, I still think we got to have Delorier sit for a game instead of one of these other guys. Um, and I really hated seeing Noah Cates on the fourth line. I mean, mm. I still think he had his moments versus LA, uh, made some really good defensive plays. Um, and I think, you know, having Hathaway there, there's there's something to that. But it's I struggle with having Noah Cates on a fourth line when he yeah. really should be higher in the lineup. He should. I All I could say is, Take a page out of the Leafs book. They finally broke up their fourth line. They took Ryan Reeves out of the lineup. It's doing better. I get it. Torts had this nice quote about you know Nick Delorier and what we don't ever see in the locker room, what he does with young players. Well, guess what? He can do that with young players and not play. He'll still be in the locker room. He still will still practice, but he just won't be in the lineup as much. Right now, yeah. he's not good in the lineup, and they could have a lot better fourth line if they wanted to, but. Who knows? Right now they're just – but Kate should not be on the fourth line. That's yeah, yeah. That's not good. Yeah, and then, you know, my other note, good to see Cam Atkinson keep getting on the board. Mm -hmm. um, he's going to be one of these quietly having a fantastic season, guys, that not a lot of national broadcasters are going to talk about, but we'll know. So No, I, it's, I'm we'll put him at the point on the power play. He's hot right yeah. now. He might actually save your power play, but you won't know until yep. you do it. Could be. All right. Uh, it is Monday, so we will have our nemesis of the week, and we'll do that coming up next. You know that feeling when your favorite Flyers player scores a hat trick? You want to get that feeling and win 100 times your money? Play Daily Fantasy on the Sleeper app. As the official Daily Fantasy app of the Locked On NHL Network, Sleeper is our top choice for Daily Fantasy sports, especially Daily Fantasy hockey. Fans can also play Daily Fantasy, NFL, NBA, MLB, and college football on Sleeper, and entries can be made in under a minute. With elite players like Connor McDavid, Sidney Crosby, and Austin Matthews, plus the new guys like Connor Bedard, all you need to do is make more or less picks on stats for these stars. Choose from stats like goals, assists, save, plus, minus, and more. To win 100 times bet on Sleeper, you need to cor correctly predict the outcome of eight player stats. You heard me, Flyers fans. You could win 100 times your money playing daily fantasy hockey with Sleeper. So start paying attention and nail your picks so you can start winning big. Use promo code LOCKEDONNHL and you'll get a $100 match on your first deposit. Terms and conditions apply. That's LOCKEDONNHL. See Sleeper's terms for use, for details, and locational availability. Before we get to our nemesis of the week, just want to mention the sad news to hear that former Flyers goaltender Roman Chechmanek passed away at the age of 52. Uh, he was a Flyers draft pick uh, back in 2000, was with the organization from 2000 to 2003, played for the Kings for a little bit as well. And uh, yeah, I just have fond memories of him in net for the Flyers. And that was a, a weird time in the Flyers organization when he played here. And, uh, but uh, just awful news to hear at, yeah. at such a young age. Too young, nice guy, little quirky. He always wore these weird shoes. They look like 
like the the same wood that was on like an old um station wagon from the 70s <laughs> it was like so odd like he definitely got them overseas but he was a good goalie yeah he'll be missed yeah absolutely uh getting to our nemesis of the week last week talked a lot about the flyers after dark the road trip late nights um and you know we got through it we absolutely got through it and we're back on east coast time for this week uh for me for this week the nemesis is this sneaky back-to-back coming up this next weekend so we've got vegas on saturday and columbus on sunday but so vegas is a regular afternoon game you know one o'clock columbus on sunday is at five and or it's just such a weird schedule and weird yeah they probably all only have like an optional skate yeah and so like back-to-backs are hard to begin with uh but when you have like a one o'clock start uh one day and then you have a 5 30 start the next day it just like messes with your schedule your routine and I just worry about back-to-backs like that and hate the schedule makers for doing it. There's got to be a good reason, but it's just kind of It's probably the Sixers. Hmm. That's probably the answer. They probably have the afternoon game. Uh, Maybe it's on TV. I don't know. I haven't really looked at it. All right. Buckle up for my nemesis one here. Um, Okay. This one one affects everybody in the audience. So we have Thanksgiving coming, and I, for one – shop in advance. Now I'll go to like Trader Joe's because I want to get a certain kind of turkey that's, you know, the least to say they do it the right way. And, you know, I there's free range or again, free range, you know, uh, the right feed, it gets sunlight, you know, as good as it could be. So I, I try and do that. Right. So they're a good place to do it. And they, you know, have a certain amount and then they'll run out. I wasn't worried that they would run out, but I don't have a big family. So I was worried, Hey, I don't want like a giant turkey that we're going to be eating for the next month so i was able to get like a fairly you know small turkey but what i was noticing and what people were already saying was now i just went two days ago it's only going to get worse the crowds are starting to build already so my recommendation to everybody is do not don't wait within like three or four days of thanksgiving because you're going to just you're going to be getting whatever's left go soon because People are doing this early and I had noticed, and this is just something that worked out, but I get one that's not frozen, right? Cause I hate those frozen butterball turkeys. I don't want a frozen Turkey and the date exceeded Thanksgiving that I don't have to freeze it cause they don't freeze theirs and I can keep it in the fridge. So know that look at the dates, get one. Maybe you, you can get one that doesn't, isn't frozen either. If you do, Hey, if you like it, it's fine. But my thing is just go and get stuff early because to try and get everything you want, if you wait a little too long, you're probably not going to get everything you want. Well, that's probably good advice. Um, I'm having a very, very small Friendsgiving uh, with a couple of friends at my place. And I'm thinking about just making a crockpot meal. Like, we're not even having a turkey. There you go. Like, I don't want to mess with that. And I can't make a big turkey for only three people, right? Right. So, so ingredients-wise, <laughs> uh, yeah, you'll, you'll not have a problem. But... But there's some stuff that I sensed was going to run out, like gravy, cranberry sauce, if you want a certain type. In the can, they had that forever because it's just, you know, 
last forever. Yeah, yeah. Maybe I'll have some like cranberry sauce on the side of yeah, just to have that. something Thanksgiving-y or some cornbread yeah. or something like that. Cornbread's good. I bought like some pre-made cornbread stuffing instead of like stovetop. I like the difference in it. Yeah, yeah, that'll be good. All right, now I'm hungry. <laughs> so I guess it's time to end the show so I can go have something to eat. Uh, that will do it. Of course, tomorrow we will be back. It is a Phantoms Tuesday. They have had an interesting weekend. So we will get into that as well. And like I said earlier, if you've got those mailbag questions, get them into us via Twitter at Lockdown Flyers. You can email us at lockdownflyers at gmail or comment over on YouTube. I'm Rachel. I'm on the app formerly known as Twitter at Armiriam. That's R-M-I-R-I-A-M. I'm Russ. I'm at Sportsology, S-P-O-R-T-S-O-L-O-G-Y. Have a fantastic day, everyone.